coming of Christ. Now, I want to, um, I just want to, to ask you, and I'll tell you this little story, but how many of you like surprises? Do you like surprises? Well, you know, there are some surprises that are really good that we're all very excited about, right? A birthday surprise or a special gift, but there are some surprises that we're not uh, so thrilled about. On this particular day, now this is a true story, it comes out of California, and I need to tell you that because it probably wouldn't necessarily happen in our city, but it definitely happened uh, there. There was this sweet little old lady that was buying her groceries at a local store, and uh, as she had purchased, made her purchases and she was coming out of the store with her bags of groceries, she noticed that there were four men getting into her car. And um, she immediately dropped her groceries on the ground, reached her hand into her purse and pulled out a handgun. She jumped in front of the car, pointed the gun at the windshield where the four men were in the car and said, get out of my car right now. Don't think I don't know how to use this. Immediately, the men jumped out of the car and ran away. The lady calmly put her gun away, went back, picked up her groceries, put them in the car. She put her key in the ignition and went to turn it and it wouldn't turn on. And then she looked around the interior of the car and realized it was not her car. You see, she had been in somebody else's car. Her car was actually parked four spaces over in the same row. She calmly gathered her groceries, put them in what was her actual car, and drove to the police station to report herself. Now, when she got to the police station, she came up to the counter of the officer that was serving there, the the public on that day, and she began to tell her story She began to tell on how she had made this terrible mistake and she had pulled her gun on these people and they had run away and she was so sorry and it was an honest mistake. And the police officer started to laugh. In fact, he was laughing so hard he could barely contain himself. And uh, he points down to the other end of the room where there's four men that are still trembling reporting a carjacking by a sweet little old lady. Well, in the end, she apologized profusely, and they accepted her apology. No charges were laid, and everybody went back to their life. But I tell you that that was the surprise of the day, probably for both of those parties. Surprises often bring change. And, you know, people are not so good with change. If a change is a surprise, if it happens upon us all of a sudden then people can be very upset by that kind of change. It's unplanned. But there are times when change is definitely necessary, and so when those changes come upon us, we like it when they've give, we've had some warning. When we've had some notice, then we can adapt to the change. We can prepare, prepare ourselves mentally and emotionally for that change. Now, Jesus knew what human nature was about, what it was like. And when we go through the different kinds of changes that uh, he was going to be talking about with his disciples, he was warning them. You know, he warned them that he was going to be put to death by the leaders in Jerusalem. Now, the disciples didn't understand it, but after it had happened, they were able to look back and go, oh yeah, he said so. He said that this was going to take place. 
he, he talked about his resurrection. And then when it happened, they all of a sudden they went, oh yeah, I get it now. Well, one of the other things that Jesus describes, and when he has talked with his disciples, he's preparing them for his second coming. Because after his resurrection from the dead, Jesus ascended into heaven. And he had already talked to the disciples about some of the things that would happen and he told them that he was going to go and prepare a place for them. When Jesus rose up into heaven, it may have been quite a bit of a surprise to those disciples who were hoping that he would be with them forever. But in Acts chapter 1, verse 9... When Jesus had ascended, it says this, After saying this, he was taken up into the cloud while they were watching, and they could no longer see him. As they strained to see him rising into heaven, two white-robed men suddenly stood among them. Men of Galilee, they said, Why are you standing here staring into heaven? Jesus has been taken from you into heaven, but someday he will return from heaven in the same way you saw him go. That was important for them. They needed to have that angelic visit to relate to them how important it was that they would anticipate Jesus' return. The early Christians knew that Jesus had promised that he would return, and it was passed from generation to generation. Paul, in his teaching, the early church, when those churches were planted, talked about the second coming of Christ. And so they were expectant that Jesus would return because Jesus had made the promise. And so in this last part of 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, Paul relates to them some answers to questions that they had about the second coming. And so the Christians in Thessalonica had questions about Jesus' return, and this is what Paul had written to them starting at verse 13. And now, dear brothers and sisters, we want you to know what will happen to the believers who have died so that you will not grieve like people who have no hope. For since we believe that Jesus died and was raised to life again, we also believe that when Jesus returns, God will bring back with him the believers who have died. We tell you this directly from the Lord. We who are still living when the Lord returns will not meet him ahead of those who have died. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a commanding shout, with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet call of God. First the believers who have died will rise from their graves. Then together with them, we who are still alive and remain on the earth will be caught up into the clouds to meet with the Lord in the air. Then we will be with the Lord forever. So encourage each other with these words. Now, I'm going to continue in a few moments, but I just wanted to stop right there and let you know that the believers had this question that was probably brought to Paul through Timothy. Remember, Paul had sent Timothy back to Thessalonica to see how they were doing since they were such a young church. And while he was there, no doubt they said, well, what about this? What about this, these things? And how can we know exactly what will happen? And Timothy, in taking those questions back to Paul. Really, 
Paul was writing to say, what happens to people if they die before Jesus comes back? That was the the question, really, that was being answered by Paul. And so Paul told the believers that their fellow Christians who died before Christ's return would be raised to meet him, and then those that are alive when Jesus returns would be united with them in the air. We will meet the Lord in the air and be with him forever. And this is encouraging because we know that what Paul was saying is we would be reunited with those believers that have passed on before us and at the same time be united with Christ and we would all be together with him. Now that is something that is encouraging and we need to encourage one another that we will be together with Christ and with one another all those generations that have gone before us believing in Christ. Now, Paul takes advantage of their questions and expands on the teaching about the return of Christ in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. He takes advantage of this and talks some more about it. And so, starting at verse Thessalonians 5, 1, it says, Now concerning how when all this will happen, dear brothers and sisters, we don't really need to write to you. You may say, why why did he say that? Why didn't he feel he needed to write? Well, he had already told them about this. He had already talked about this, but he was reminding them now. Verse 2, For you know quite well that the day of the Lord's return will come unexpectedly, like a thief in the night. When people are saying everything is peaceful and secure, then disaster will fall on them as suddenly as a pregnant woman's labor pains begin, and there will be no escape. But you aren't in the dark about these things, dear brothers and sisters, and you won't be surprised when the day of the Lord comes like a thief. For you are all children of the light and of the day, and we don't belong to darkness and night, so be on your guard. Not asleep like the others. Stay alert and be clear-headed. Night is the time when people sleep and drinkers get drunk, but let us who live in the light be clear-headed protected by the armor of faith and love, and wearing as our helmet the confidence of our salvation. For God chose to save us through our Lord Jesus Christ, not to pour out his anger on us. Christ died for us so that whether we are alive or dead or alive, when he returns, we can live with him forever. So encourage each other and build each other up just as you are already doing. Now, these things are important, right? When we talk about the rapture, which is the first part of God's plan for Christ's return, we are expecting that Christians will be taken up and gathered with Christ. And there's a lot of other things that go along with all of that, and that uh, we'll talk a bit more when we get into 2 Thessalonians, when Paul expands some more on his teaching to the church about the second coming. But ultimately, at this point, as he's answering the question, they are saying, well, When is it going to happen? And he's going, I already told you when it was going to happen, when God wants it to happen. (laughs) He said, you know that the time is up to the Lord. Will it happen? Unexpectedly, he says. The timing is up to God, that there was, within Thessalonica, there was a belief that Jesus was going to come back soon, that they expected him to come back in their lifetime, as it has been in every generation since then. We have come to expect and want to anticipate that God is sending the Lord Jesus Christ back to restore all things. 
But some of the people in Thessalonica got the idea that it was going to happen so soon that why should I work? And so they quit their jobs. And they began to do nothing and rely on others for their daily food. And it, it was becoming a problem. And ultimately, Paul was saying, Jesus' return is only up to the Lord God Almighty. You don't know when the day or the hour is, and so you should live in a way that is respecting of who God is. Would it be a surprise? I mean, when he talks about coming like a thief in the night, we think, oh, that's a, that's a surprising, shocking thing. But Paul says, no, you should not be surprised on the time and the date when Jesus returns. Why? Because you are children of the light. You don't live in darkness. You are awake to the things of God. And so God has given you various signs and warnings about when that will happen. And ultimately, as long as your eyes are open and that you are awake to the things of God, you are connected to Him, then it will not surprise you. This is what Paul was saying to the church. He was saying what we all know, that we can be clear-headed about these things, that we have the Spirit of God, and as we are trusting in God for our day-to-day -day living, when the time comes for Christ's return, we will have our eyes wide open. We will know. We will not be surprised because we will be taken up to be with Christ. And so Paul taught the Christians that they were to remember the promise and that they were to continue being faithful to God, continue living for Christ in everything that they were doing. The main point of my message today in just applying this, how do we wrestle with these things? The main point is this. Be prepared for Christ's return and be encouraged by His promise. Sorry, I had a little error with my, my slides. We should be prepared for Christ's return and be encouraged by the promise that Jesus has made. Those two things go hand in hand because as we are prepared for what Jesus wants to do in returning to this earth, to restoring all things, all of the things that will be part of God's plan that will come into play, we know that God has control of all that is the future as well as what's gone on in the past, as well as what's happening today. That it is secure in God's hands and we are secure in God's hands. And so we can know that Christ made this promise to return and that should encourage us. That as we follow Him, as we keep our eyes open, being ready for Him, that we should be saying, He has guaranteed eternal life for me. For my, my friends that believe in Christ, we will be reunited with Him. And so, I mean, we have a lot more to say about end times. We have a lot more to say about the things that are concerning how it will play out and the, what God has spoken in, in prophecy. But right now, in dealing with what Paul was telling the church, Jesus is coming again. 
And we need to be ready and watching and we need to encourage others with these words. So how can we be prepared and be encouraged? I want to give you just these four little things that will help us as we are looking for the return of Christ. The first one being, of course, that we should stay connected to Christ. That we should be clear-headed. We should be relying on the Spirit of God. We need to be connected to God. We need to continue to read the Scriptures to dig into what the, the prophecies really are all about. What God has said about how we should live. We need to be connected to Him by the Spirit, listening to what God would say about our lives and how we should pursue the things of God in our time. Stay connected to Him, and you will be prepared, and you will be encouraged. The second thing is to live a life of faith in God, depending on Him to bring us into eternity. Eternal life is the hope of every believer. We have called on God to save us from our sins, and we are saved for what? So that we can spend eternity with Him. That we know that where Christ is, that's where we want to be. That He is the one who holds the key to life and death. And so when He promises that we will have eternal life, it is a wonderful thing. And we can be prepared for the return of Christ. We can be encouraged as we have faith in God that eternal life is ours. The third thing is that we should live expectantly as Christ's return could happen at any time. The believers of the early church believed that Christ could return in their day. There are people that have passed away through many generations that believe that Christ could return in, in their day. We believe that Christ could return in our time, within our day. It could happen at any time. There is nothing holding God back. He can fulfill this promise at any time He chooses. And so we say that the return of Christ is imminent. It could happen any time. And so we need to be ready. We need to be prepared. We need to be looking for what Christ would say. And I tell you, it always happens within when we're wrestling with deep problems. There are times when I've said, oh God, would you please come now? <laughs> I mean, haven't you done the same? There are times when you're just going, oh, this is such a mess. How are we ever going to get out of this mess if Jesus would come? Some things would be solved, resolved. Now, I, I know that there are a lot of different signs about Christ's second coming. Paul says there will be a trumpet, there will be a shout, Jesus will return on the clouds. You look through the Gospels and through the book of Revelation, there's a lot more signs that God has already spoken about, about the second coming of Christ. But I want you to be encouraged today. I want you to be prepared. So live expectantly, saying it could be today that Christ returned to collect his people, to gather his own to himself. The fourth thing is this, to encourage others with the promise of Christ's return. Encouragement is so helpful to us as human beings. When we are encouraged, we are positive. When we're encouraged, we're looking towards God. We're helping others. And Paul repeatedly says, encourage people with these words about Christ's coming, 
The fact that Jesus has promised that he would return encourage people with this. That we would not live in fear. But we would rise up in faith to call on God. That we would remember that he has our best in, in mind. And that we can continue to call on his name knowing that his plan is sure. And that he will bring it about in good time. So as I come to the end of the message today, I ask you to keep watch for Jesus, to live trusting him for eternal life, and to encourage others by your faith. You know, when our kids were little, there was a time when we made them paper loops in order to remember something that was coming. And a lot of teachers have used this in their classrooms to help small children because small children have a hard time with with navigating the issue of timing, right? It's hard to know how many days Christmas is coming. It's hard to know when your birthday is really when you're only four years old. And so we'd make them paper loops. You know, if it was before Christmas, there'd be 25 loops, and then every day we'd snip one off and remind the kids that Christmas is way up here. When the last one is gone, then that's going to be the day. And we'd snip another loop off every single day, reminding them, it's coming. The time is coming, but it's not quite here yet. And they're going, isn't today the day? No, look, there's still some loops left. And every day, just cutting off those loops, reminding them that it's close. It's close at hand. The day is coming. And I tell you this to remind you that the day of Christ's return is coming. Do not lose heart. Keep your faith intact, trusting in God, drawing close to Him because the return of Christ is drawing nearer and nearer. You know, when we look at the state of our world and all the prophecies that have been said, we'd say, wow, we really anticipate that Christ is needed now more than ever. But we don't know what God has in mind and what day that He will say Christ will return. And until that time, we simply live in anticipation. Keep watch for Jesus. Live trusting Him for eternal life. And encourage others by your faith. I'm going to ask the worship team to come. We have another song that we want to sing before we dismiss from this service. and I just want to remind you that after, after we're done and dismissed, if you have a personal need today, you want to talk to me or one of the other leaders, then you can meet me here at the front. We'll pray for you, pray for your need. If you've never thought about the return of Christ before in, in the terms that you need to trust in Jesus, and you would like to call on his name and just ask him to forgive your sin, ask him to give you eternal life today, then that is certainly something we would like to pray with you about. And you can meet me here as well. But we want, to, we want to celebrate who He is. We want to anticipate that Jesus is our Savior who will bring salvation to a culmination, that will bring it to pass, and that we will spend eternity with Him. This is our hope. Would you stand with me? Father God, may You embed this hope in our lives that as we look for Your coming, 
that we anticipated with our eyes wide open to see you. In Jesus' name I pray.